Hi guys, we just wanted to share something with you. As everything in our industry is changing and there are no longer face-to-face meetings at the moment, one of the best things that you can do is do stuff online. With that being said, we have teamed up with the great people over at weaddition.com. Now, WeAddition is the innovative new way to audition, self-tape and rehearse. You can find a rehearsal or self-tape partner instantly. Audition and general meetings which happen live on their video chat. You can get career advice from industry professionals. Also, if you are a scene reader for someone, you have the ability to earn yourself some extra money. And right now we are all struggling, as we all know. They also are involved in the massive hashtag that is going on on Twitter. Hashtag casting crushes corona and there are loads of general meetings happening on that for we edition members for all persistent and nasty listeners there is a promo code for 25 percent off the, that promo code is nasty 25 so when you join and sign up just make sure and put that code in and get your 25 percent off i think this might be the future of casting guys Hi and welcome to another Persistent and Nasty podcast. You have all three of us today for the intro. Hello. Hi there. (laughs) So first up, Lou. Hi guys. Um, Thank you for tuning in and listening. This is me here just giving you a quick reminder that we are available and here for you during this difficult time. If there is anything that you want to chat about, get guidance on or think that we could be doing better you can always drop us a line on persistentandnasty at gmail.com we're trying our best to be as responsive as possible um these are unprecedented times everyone take a shot i just said unprecedented <laughs> um so please do stay connected with us and stay in touch we also have a newsletter that you can sign up to via our facebook page the link is always live on there you can click sign up the button that says sign up on facebook so we'll be reinstating that newsletter now um, because we've got lots to share. So please join us on that. And I wanted to drop in and say a massive thank you to everyone who supported the One Mare Tune Fund that we launched uh, last week. It's um, been amazing, an amazing response so far, but we've just got a little bit further we need to go before we can start sharing out money with everyone who's um, really needing it at this time. Um, so if you can go and give it a share, if you've got any spare um, money from a sexy salary, give us a, a penny or two. But um, any sharing would be much appreciated so we can um, really boost that. We've also got our nasty coffee mornings on Fridays at 11am. You just need to drop us an email and we'll give you the Zoom link for that. And to keep you creative during these... I'm going to say it too, Lou. Unprecedented times. Ah! (laughs) They're just shitty times. We are helping you stay creative by doing monologue slams. So record yourself doing a monologue that you've always wanted to do, just audio, and email it to us at persistentandnasty at gmail.com. And I'm going to put them all together and put that out on all of our podcast platforms. Also, we will be doing a virtual rehearsed reading um, of new work. And we are looking for anybody who wants to be involved in that. So again, just email us on the same address as both Louise and I have mentioned. Follow us on all social media, Twitter, Persistent Nasty, Instagram, Persistent and Nasty. Obviously, you know there's an at there, guys. And Facebook, Persistent and Nasty. Today's guest is Jess Hardwick, and it is a lovely, lovely episode. This was recorded at the beginning of February before the world was going tits up. So sit back, get a cup of tea and enjoy. <laughs> Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Persistent and Nasty. Today we are joined by Jess Hardwick, amazing Scottish actress. Hi Jess. Hello. How are you? <laughs> We've just you. talked about the fact that um, we hate talking about ourselves, which is hilarious, <laughs> but you know, when we do a podcast, that's all good. Um, so Jess is a Scottish-based actress. Start uh, rehearsals for a new show. Yeah. Why don't we start with that? I'm just about to start um, Barefoot in the Park, which is a co-production with Pitt Lockery and the Lyceum in Edinburgh. Um, and it's a Neil Simon play that was a film as well uh, with Jane Fonda. It was a film with the great Jane yes. Fonda. 
I'm a little bit obsessed with Jane Fonda. Yeah, and the exercise routine. Oh, I haven't done her exercise routine. I'm just generally obsessed with her. She is very beautiful. I watched the film for the first time, like just before Christmas, and um, yeah, I could. I just I wasn't really listening to what she was saying. I was just looking at her face. I know she's she's so so beautiful. And that that time period, I think, as well, like. All the clothes and everything. Really yeah, good. it's just yeah. yeah it's Everybody's great. a bit more classy then. Yeah, they, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's something different, isn't it? Style, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So how do you feel about uh, playing that part? Yeah, I'm excited. I think she's she's really fun and um, like kind of bright and optimistic. And I think it'll be nice to do something that's a comedy as well. Mm-hmm. I've not done one of them for a really long time. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit intimidating playing a part that somebody else has played or is known yeah. for playing. Yeah. But at the same time, like I'm trying not to think about that and just yeah. treating it like it's its own. It's its own thing. Yeah, it's yeah. its own thing with different people and a different way of telling that story. And actually, when you think about it, how lovely is it that it's um, a comedy, but really the main protagonist is a female yeah. in it, and yeah. it's her side of things. Yeah. Which is, and I suppose like because. When was it written? The 50s, 60s? Yeah, 50s, yeah. late 50s, I think, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, have it, has things changed? Have they not? Yeah, I think like, that's this... definitely the question that's going to be asked. I mean, I think there might be certain things that are tweaked in the script a little bit, just mm-hmm. so it still makes sense for now, because yeah. so much has changed. But at the same time, I think we are kind of still playing it in that time period, and it is interesting to sort mm. of see the parallels between relationships and love yeah. and all of that sort of stuff yeah and how do we as um, women in 2020 put ourselves yeah. in that situation of yeah. women in the 50s yeah and really has it changed in so many years yeah, yeah. and there and women's roles and yeah all of that kind of stuff so I'll be excited to see how we tackle that in rehearsal because we haven't started yet mm-hmm. I'm not sure like what yeah. the take on all of that's going to yeah. be but I definitely think it'll be at the forefront of a lot of conversations and that's exciting as yeah. well yeah, um, brilliant. So that's your next, and that's a co-pro. And how long is that for, Jess? So that is, I think it's six or seven weeks at Pitlockery, and then we're at the Lyceum for about a month, I think. So okay. yeah, start nice. of February to the mid mid end of April. Oh, fabulous! Yeah, it's nice, nice. Just immerse ourselves. Yeah. In it. yeah. And is that your first time at Pitlockery? Yep, I've never I've never even been up. So I'm oh, quite looking forward it's to gorgeous. It up there, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And you'll be there for spring. I know. Oh. We'll be seeing the dandelions. Yeah. And the daffodils. Oh. It's an absolutely beautiful day here in Glasgow today. Disturbingly warm for the start of February, yeah. which makes me slightly concerned. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, and we're in Jess's lovely flat, so I can just see blue skies in the west end. <laughs> they won't last. Be a little bit longer. A little bit, longer. yeah. <laughs> I know, because we are getting closer to four o'clock. So yeah. yeah. Um, so Jess, you're also a photographer. Yeah. So what drew you to photography, first of all? Well, my dad my dad really Your actually dad. yeah he's he's he well he was um a radiologist i suppose in a way that is taking photographs yeah. but of the inside of yeah. your body <laughs> so i kind of grew up with like i don't know being around all the kind of equipment and the progression of the equipment as well like i remember having you know computer that used to do the editing and stuff on it was like you know a huge monitor in a room and then now i can just do it on a laptop and you know like yeah. watching him do that and then now what we have accessible to us as well um, but yeah, I, I was saying to my boyfriend actually the other day, uh, I don't drink a lot of fizzy drinks. I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here, but I drink a lot of fizzy drinks. <laughs> Go on a tangent. I love a tangent. Don't worry. Well, I, I don't. I don't drink a lot of that, and part of that is because I have this really vivid memory. I must have been about six or seven, and my dad came back with an X-ray that he brought back from the hospital of a mouth of all the teeth that were rotten in it, and he was like, "Yeah, this is about." a 25-year-old male who drank a lot of coke. (laughs) And then ever since then, I was like, I can't. Like, it's just stuck in my memory. Anyway, that was a tangent. No, it wasn't, um, (laughs) because maybe we all should see that image. Maybe. I know, that's quite... I don't know what that says about my dad's parenting (laughs) skills, but it did did work. It worked, though, (laughs) so, yeah. But no, he... I say tech dad. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. I was talking about that at Christmas time, and he was like, I don't remember doing that. I was like, I absolutely do. So it's definitely ingrained in my mind. Um, but yeah, no, he, he did a lot or does a lot of landscape photography, more as a hobby, but really kind of keen on all the equipment and all the sort of technical side of things. So I just sort of was always around it and just always around him carrying a camera and then I'd be allowed to sort of use them, borrow them and stuff when I got a bit older. And um, I had one at drama school that I just used to take, you know, pictures of the plays and whatever that we were doing. And I could often take them to parties and then spend ages like editing and then mm. put a wee album up on Facebook, you know, all that nice. kind of stuff yeah. when you're like yeah. at college. But then... 
um, yeah, after my first few jobs, acting jobs, I always knew I wanted to save for like a proper one and kind of get into it a bit more. But I didn't know what strand I wanted to get into to doing. I just, yeah. it was just a hobby, really. Um, and then when I kind of got my camera and, you know, pals were doing scratch nights and all that kind of stuff and they just sort of asked me to sort of document it. And I think... I think being an actor, you're so often at sort of the centre of attention, whether you want it or not, mm-hmm. but people are looking at you and you're speaking. And I love not having... The photography is literally the opposite of that because you're on the other side of a camera. Yeah. And um, I loved kind of being a fly on the wall, I suppose, at those events or productions or whatever. I did more of that sort of stuff before I went into headshots. And then, yeah, people just sort of saw the more people see you with the camera and they go, can you maybe just take a few pictures because I'm quite skint? And, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, sure. And then I think just getting that practice and by learning through trial and error and through everything that I kind of had picked up along the way, I kind of ended up getting into portraiture and then people kind of began paying me for it or like people, agents were sending them to me to take photographs. And and I just, yeah, I think I just sort of fell into it. But I think mm-hmm. maybe deep down I always knew I wanted to do that because I just know how scary it is getting them taken as yeah, uh-huh. being an actor. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, I must have gone to about five or six people and they've all been lovely people, but every time it's really traumatic. There is it's something really traumatic about is, it, isn't it? And I, I don't yeah. know what it is either. I think we're just... I don't know, maybe, maybe that makes make me sound old, but I feel like teenagers and stuff maybe because of cameras on phones mm. are more used to sort of always being around that, whereas I think that... I got the kind of cusp of that when I was at college. We, you know, you didn't really have act. Nobody took yeah. selfies. It was like yeah. much later. So I think we're all just a bit self conscious mm. and being forced to look at eight hundred pictures of your face, or whatever. I think is really, really overwhelming. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah, so I think I just quite enjoy the approach of making people feel comfortable and ho- hopefully not making it as traumatic as it kind of sometimes yeah. ends up being. And I felt quite strongly about that, and that's. Yeah, that's how, how I've ended up. Do you think that any, like, no matter what your gender is, you're more ner- you're nervous when you get your pictures done, or is that's it... That's a really good question. Yeah, but in different ways. Yeah. I think women worry about different things to what the guys do. Okay. Um, but I do think everybody has their insecurities, yeah. and I wouldn't want to kind of tarnish that with saying it's you one know, way or another. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But definitely, and I think, especially in the industry we're in, I really think that's changing. I really do, but I think that... You know, I think women are under a lot of pressure to where where we don't where we worry about when we get older rather than sort of embracing a wrinkle or yeah. a line or a bag or whatever that is and yeah. going that's part of the character of my face that mm-hmm. I've earned from laughing yeah. <laughs> and loving and living. You know yeah. what I mean? Like without sounding really cheesy, but like I think But that, it's not cheesy yeah. though, it's like it's and so the, important. The guys, if I'm honest. I think own that a lot more. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, I think everybody kind of goes, well, I've got a wee bit of a dark circle and, you know, that's super easy to edit out. But on the whole, generally, I try to help people really embrace their their beauty and their, and what they might perceive as their flaws. And that's so easy for me to say because equally, I've just had mine taken and the guy that took them has done a fabulous job and they're great, but I, no, I cannot face picking yeah. them. And I've had them on my computer for about a month and I just cannot get around to looking at them because... Yeah. It, you know, it's easy for me to say that on that side of the camera, but also when you're faced with it and you're faced with an industry that is, you know, constantly analysing the way you look or your weight or your mm. hair colour or your whatever, like, you know, I think that it's tricky to put those prejudices to one side and to just own it a little bit. But, um, yeah. It's so tricky, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I have noticed, though, like, with the students, there's a, there's a definite confidence there, which I think is brilliant. And maybe that just yeah. comes with youth and you know maybe you just are unaware of it naivety maybe I'm just hyper aware of it because I'm taking but it's also really nice seeing that and I I just hope that you know maybe as we grow older or like if you are like a little bit older than a a college student you you can hopefully own it a bit more you know I think that's really interesting because so I'm about to get a showreel done and I'm being Mm -hmm. like what is my casting now yeah don't know what my casting is anymore um because I don't think I look my age yeah. necessarily, but I certainly don't, couldn't play kind of early 20s. Oh, it's hard, so, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like, where do you place yourself? And then it depends, I suppose, what the character is that you're in for. And yeah. Yeah. Like and it's it, like, where do you place yourself nowadays? And it is, and I wonder, and it's that thing as a, as a female, I'm almost like, do the guys have the same conversations with themselves as we do? Mm-hmm. Or do they just go, 
well, I'm a guy. If I grow a beard, I can play. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a dad. And then yeah, if yeah. I shave it off, I look about 12. I think it always, I mean, speaking to some of my pals that are actors as well, and, like, you know, I think it's always a bit of a shock when that moment comes, when the cat, male or female, when the casting comes in and it's like, you are the young mum. You <laughs> yeah. are the young dad. And you're like, ah, I don't even have children. This is, where does this come from? Yeah. But, I think, yeah, I think whatever gender you are, I'm sure that plays a part, but I think always as a woman it does. Mm. You know, I, th- I think just because it's so ingrained into our... Yeah, and the age thing as well, it is, like yeah. you say, I think... I think men are maybe allowed to own it a little bit more, as I you would say. Agree. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think, and I think it, it's, a really, it's a really interesting question about noticing it with pictures because I, I don't think about it an awful lot because I sort of take each person that comes in just as a person yeah. and just... You're trying to capture the essence of that person, but yeah, like if I'm thinking of it as a whole, I would definitely say just the little remarks we make as humans to connect. Like, I think women put themselves down a lot more. Um, generally, I'm certainly... I definitely do that myself. Yeah. Um, in a way where a guy might literally just be like, right, um, I don't know... I was out last night, can you just make sure that there's not too many dark circles under my eyes and I've got a couple of spots, you know, whereas I think we literally pick apart. Yeah. And then this is me being very general right now, I'm really aware of that, but I, I would say that, and I did it this, I did it as well, when I went in for my session to get my photos done, I was like, oh, you know, and that side I get more of a chin, <laughs> and yeah. you know, like, I've got one nostril that's slightly larger than the other, so can you watch out for that, and yeah. my, I get spots around here because of my hormones, you know, all of that, yeah. and we fully analyse our entire appearance Face. before it's even been pictured yeah which yeah it makes me a bit sad that I suppose but yeah hopefully we can work at that <laughs> I don't just say <laughs> I literally do that all the time I'm like yep 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 mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> or even I was having an interesting chat with I think it was maybe with my boyfriend I can't remember but we were talking about when guys and girls buy clothes and like I don't do a lot of online shopping like I always go into the shop because I have to try it on because mm. I can't always tell I mean I suppose we've got a lot more choice mm-hmm. right if you go mm-hmm. in and you know in terms of styles and shapes and all of that but I can't tell from a picture online if it's going to suit my body mm-hmm. whereas like he can often be like I'm medium I'm a standard medium size yeah, uh-huh. if I get a medium it will 95% of the time fit me and whatever I decide to buy mm-hmm. whether that's a shirt or trousers or whatever whereas like I could be an extra small to an extra large in depending on the shop I was yeah, in, which that's... I think is hard as well. Like... Yeah, uh, yeah, oh god, yeah, and that's a whole other issue, isn't it? Because yeah. it's like that's a mind fuck basically yeah. for our for us, for our younger women, mm-hmm. and for our older women as well. That's really interesting because I hardly ever try anything on in shops oh, anymore. Really? Yeah, I just I'm like I can't deal with it, so I take Do it you home. Bolt by? I take it home and then try it on uh... and then. Actually makes sense. Yeah. I just never have enough money in my account to do yeah, to buy like, lots I'll of stuff. I'll just like I'll take a home, try it on, yeah. and if I don't like it, I'll take it back. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like I can't face the to queue and then stand yeah. in the mirror or something. In the and just room. I always feel like they're so small. The <laughs> like, dressing room. Just I know what you mean. I'm like I know, I, know I feel like clothes. I can't really and see what I look do, like. You have to do this slight walk of shame when you kind of go. I need to stand outside to like look in the curtain in the hall of it, and so you have to parade get, up and yeah. down, and then yeah. like, every pops their head out the curtain. You're like, don't please don't look at me. <laughs> then you kind of decide, and you're like, I wouldn't go out with that one. But I'm like, I look quite good in this one. No, maybe, this one is maybe okay. this one. I kind of want somebody to maybe go. That looks great. And yeah, then you're like, great. I'll get, okay. I'll get that one then. So, yeah, you need that. I do that. I do love about like when women are in a a, a changing room shop like. Shop. Oh, I love that. And women are like, yes, get it. That's I'm gorgeous quite, on you. I'm quite honest about Me that. too. Like, if I think it really does, I will say, and I'll say exactly why. But if yeah. I... Um, no, I don't know if I quite have the balls if I did thought it looked terrible. I don't think I would do that. I used to work in a clothes shop. Um, it was a boutique when I was younger. And uh, I was always honest with the women and never... Yeah. I was just like... I think people really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I never... I was never like... You look awful in no, that. You look truly <laughs> Don't wear that. Awful. <laughs> that colour doesn't suit you, that yeah. cut doesn't suit you. Try this, this, this one. and this. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really Because ha- I, I yeah, that's why I quite like yeah. being in the shop, I think. Because most when I'm at home I'm like I can't really tell, whereas in the moment mm-hmm. you know, you're in the, th- you're yeah. in the shop you kind of feel yeah. a bit like somebody, somebody anybody tell me that maybe So um do you think that being a photographer has changed how you perform? Oh, that's an interesting question. May, mm, I think it's made me understand... I haven't done a lot of screen. I've predominantly worked in theatre. And I definitely think it's sort of helped with understanding 
what how a camera works and like the kind of tricks of what's not seen like I do for example I do a lot of uh, shots outside and I'm leaning towards potentially doing more studio setup I just love the natural light mm-hmm. and I love I love the feeling that you get when you're outside I don't know what it is and I don't know if it's like a kind of animal instinct but people are naturally calmer outside okay whereas when they're inside there's always a little bit of tension and it's always a bit stressful because you have to use lights to balance out the, the indoor whether you're beside a window or not you need that just to balance it out and I think when you've got a light in your face mm-hmm. or whatever like you do when you're doing telly and, and stuff it kind of adds another element of um I suppose of pressure mm-hmm. or of like you know it being a bit more intense and and yeah I just I just I like being outside because I'd shoot near the river and the people are kind of a bit more generally a bit more chilled out and I'm more chilled out and I really I love that however we're in Scotland and <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's we are. really cold and the bit that I where I take the photos is covered over so the rain's fine but it is cold and I always find it quite funny because people are saying you know when you're taking portraiture shots it's really just head and shoulders you just mm-hmm. can't see what's going on underneath yeah and it's like the <laughs> it's so unglamorous you know there's jackets and gloves and I had one pal that came with a hot water bottle sort of strapped to her and I was like this is amazing but you would never know it's like yeah. serene from the neck up mm-hmm. And I think that kind of made me chill out a bit more about, like, I don't know, like, the kind of illusions that happen to make something look good. I think yeah. I'm much more tuned into that in a way that in theatre it's a bit more, I don't know, there's less places to hide. It's sort yeah. of like your performance and where you are is happening there and then. And if something goes wrong, some people are really good at hiding it, but a lot of the time you have to kind of incorporate that into making it work, mm-hmm. and that's part of the fun for the audience. Whereas in... Not that it's going wrong, but there's so many tricks yeah. that aren't necessarily through you fixing them that can make something look great, I mm-hmm. think. And that's been great because it's kind of made me, I don't know, not, not overthink any of that as much, I suppose. Yeah. But um, in terms of, like, the photography, I don't know. Has it made me think differently about performing? I don't know. I don't know. I suppose it's just made me look at look at things in a different way. Yeah. I suppose. Like just, I see. That sounds really weird. I see colors. <laughs> <laughs> I see like color and texture in a different way because you're sort of forced to like mm. see an overall image or an overall vid. But I've always been a wee bit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, partly because I'm dyslexic. So. <gasps> yeah, you join the club. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. We were talking yeah, about yeah. that because we've done a few radios together, and our scripts are always covered in lots of pen marks and different yeah. colours and all of that. And what colour are you? Mood. I'm a yellow. I love I'm a yellow. I'm a pink. Oh, I see. I would use pink for the stage directions oh. or the sort of any of the extra little bits. Yeah, but it's funny. Yeah, isn't it is. It? It's so funny. Yeah, I think a lot of people in the arts are, but certainly mm. I think that makes that's made me very visual. And mm-hmm. I think that it's it keeps that muscle. If I'm not. In acting work, obviously, that creativity, that part of your brain is working. And I think that I've been very, very grateful and very lucky to have found the photography, which allows, in a different way, but it still keeps that muscle working and, you know, allows you to be creative. And again, like, yeah, images and pictures. It's really hard, isn't it, finding something to keep the creative balance? Yeah. And when you're not performing. And I'd love, I mean, I'd love to write, but I've never, I don't know, it's just never something I've had the confidence in. Or maybe the idea in, Mm -hmm. either... Um, I'm always quite jealous of my pals that can just, you know, bash out a play or a screenplay or something, and it's just yeah. like that's it's so it's so brilliant to have another string to your bow. I think. Yeah. Do you find so you find having that other string to your bow beneficial? I think it's, I think without wanting to sound really cheesy, I actually think it's been a bit life changing. I didn't quite have it to the extent that I, I feel the last couple of years it's become very much something that I feel is what I do. It's mm-hmm. like my job. Whereas I think before I always felt a bit like can this be a job? Can this be something? How, how can I... I hope people feel comfortable to come to me and trust you with that. Because mm-hmm. as, as I was saying before, it's, it's scary getting your picture taken mm-hmm. and, you know, you have, to, you have to invest in it and get them done for Spotlight and X, Y and Z and make sure your agents are happy with them and you're happy. You know, it's quite a big thing and I think yeah. that... But I honestly think in the last couple of years now, hopefully, touch wood, because people have really enjoyed coming and that they're happy with the results and stuff, like... Yes, that's lovely because it's another source of income, but also it kind of gives you a little bit. This again sounds so cheesy, but it, I, I, but I believe it. I think it gives you a sense of um, achievement and purpose mm-hmm. as well, which I think that when that is lacking in your life, because you know, being an actor is like you know your great love or the thing that you're passionate about. I think, and you have a purpose, you have a function, you've got to turn up, do your job you know people rely on you and I think that having this as another 
um, sort of source of that. And yeah, again, sorry, risk, risking sounding cheesy. When you see people, I happy love with cheese. It, you okay, great. go for I will it. Commit to it. You commit to that cheese. But I think when people are happy with their final edit, or they walk away and they go, "That was the most comfortable I felt having a photo taken." It genuinely. I don't think they realise how much that gives me as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it also makes you feel like, oh, I've done something to help somebody else out yeah. or I've done something that is creative and is going to be used and is going to be useful. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that has really helped me with, like, I think everybody that's in the arts in some way probably has insecurities or, um, uh, you know, m- mental health um, things that they need, that they deal with. And mm. I think that I had certainly have quite bad anxiety often and I think that doing this has so so been so helpful with mm-hmm. that because it's made me feel like I've got a purpose in the times when it's quiet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they then don't become quiet times they yeah. become times where you're really busy and you've got yeah. stuff to be getting on with and stuff you care about and stuff yeah stuff yeah. that you care about yeah. exactly yeah yeah no, it's not cheesy. Okay, good. I love it. Thanks. I love it. <laughs> um, so, uh, I d- oh, yeah, I wanted to jump back because obviously um, Elizabeth Newman is going to be directing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is she your first female director that you've worked Ooh, with? No, no. That's a good question as well. I'm going through my... <laughs> no, I've, no, I've worked with lots of brilliant male and female directors. Yeah. Yay! Yay. I always love it when it's a, when it's a lady. Um, but I've worked with some brilliant men as well. So yeah. no, I feel really lucky. Yeah. I mean, there are brilliant men out there. Of course, but we it is that. always nice. We know that. We but know it's that. always, but it's always lovely when it's a when it's a woman and when it's a, a cast that's got brilliant parts in it. Yeah. For women, of course. Have yes, you ever please. done a um, all female show? Have I done an all female show? I feel like I maybe did one at drama school. Yes, I have. I've just come off the back of one. Thank you. <laughs> that feels like a really long time ago, <laughs> and also because. The, yeah, it was two. It was me and another woman. Yeah. In my head, I was like, "Oh, female." In my head, imagining you, like, like a cast massive. of ten. Yeah. And I was like, "I don't know if I've done a show with all." Yeah. <laughs> no, I did. I just did a two-hander, um, as in lovely Zinni Harris play called "Meet Me at Dawn," um, with another woman, which was down in London, which was great. Yes. It's a gorgeous play. Yes. Yeah. It was a different production, so they did it at the Traverse. I think maybe a few years ago, yeah. the festival. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I saw and it was brilliant. Um, but this was just a different. It was the same show, but yeah. with a different director and a different uh, take on it. Um. Yeah. Which we did down at the Arcola just before Christmas. Sorry, that was really. I was like, have I ever done an all female play? <laughs> that was literally the last job we did. For goodness' sake. <laughs> yeah, but also probably the way I did ask it was. <laughs> Have you been in a show with 14 women? I honestly was yeah. imagining, like, Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, like, little women. Yeah, I was like, yeah, have yeah. I done a classic with, like, 15 other actresses in it? No. <laughs> but two-hander of a woman with yeah. two women is also very unusual. Really unusual. And to have meaty parts and a meaty storyline and something that's emotionally engaging, it's... it's I, I, I couldn't string off a list of plays that just mm. come to my mind that are all women mm-hmm. that, that have that kind of effect. And that one did. I was really lucky to be part of that. Um... And I think it, it landed with a lot of people down there. I think they felt, yeah, kind of connected to it. And yeah. Yeah, it's intense doing a two-hander. I think it always Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Um, because it's just the two of you telling a story mm-hmm. and making that work and navigating text and stuff. But it was a really beautiful story. Yeah. A really great idea. And it's a grief play as well. Yeah, so it's, it's like, all about yeah. dealing with grief. Yeah, exactly. Which... I know it sounds really sad, but it was actually also kind of uplifting, I think, mm-hmm. in many ways. In a sad way, it was mm-hmm. uplifting, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think a lot of people that kind of came to see it, it, it rang true with them on whatever level they had yeah. processed or come across or met with or thought about grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't quite realise the power of that until we started doing it for audiences. I think when you're in a rehearsal room and it's just the two of you and you're just sort of trying to figure out how to make sense mm-hmm. of the story and how to tell that, you sometimes forget that actually you're telling a story that is going to hit home with yeah. other people. And I thought that was, yeah, particularly apparent when we sort of started playing it. Yeah. Was that a male director or a female director? A male director, a Turkish director, which was also really interesting because we were sort of almost directed in another language in mm. a way. But I suppose the la- the, okay, the language of grief is universal. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't matter where you're from. Like, yeah. you know, you, under- you understand that. Exactly. And actually having that, I can't remember if I've spoken to you about that before, but having it with somebody that didn't speak the language, I think, was really helpful in many ways. I think we have a tendency, when something's difficult, to just talk and talk and talk about it and not get up on your feet and... (coughs) And do it. And just do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that when language becomes precious, because you've got to really pick your questions or pick what you want to 
and yeah, ask about that you go, actually, I don't, I think I can work that one out or mm. no, I really need to understand what this bit means and then mm-hmm. you take that apart. Um, yeah, it kind of makes you take your time over what you're going to ask and what you're going to see and words suddenly become really valuable, I think. That's really interesting. Yeah, and I didn't realise that until we were doing it and I suddenly was like, oh, what I do when I get stuck is I just talk it out and that's so not what can happen here because mm. what's the point? <laughs> like, you're just talking at yourself. <laughs> so, I'm having an inner monologue. I'm going, I mean, sometimes I do that on the train home yeah. or just talk away to myself with yeah. my headphones yeah. in, just like let it out. But like actually what became quite effective in that in that process was just to kind of get on with it and just try it and mm. then be like, yeah, that works. We get that, you know? That's Yeah, we. I think you're right. We do have a tendency to over talk sometimes mm-hmm. when actually just let's get us up yeah. on our feet and let's see what happens yeah. when we're... And how you connect and how you figure yeah. it out because you have to figure it out. With Especially in a two-hander. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no... There's nowhere to... There's, there's no, no time. Yeah. There's nowhere to hide and there's no time to catch up with your thoughts. Yeah. And I think especially with that one, it was great actually because it was just an hour long. So it was sort of straight through. It was like, I love those plays. Mm. I've not done many of them. They are really lovely. When mm. you kind of are about to start and you're like, literally the next time we stop, we'll have done the show. Mm. So it's this sort of train that you get on. Mm. You're like, okay, see you other side. Yeah. And you've just got to work it out. And I think that, yeah, you get I get such a buzz off of that, even though it can be really scary. And mm-hmm. I remember the first time we ran it, fully, I think was maybe the first time we were in front of an audience and there was a little bit of me that was like, will we actually remember all of this? I don't know. Yeah. And then, have you, so drama school, you think you did one with all women? Yeah, no, now you're saying that, I'm like, did we? <laughs> <laughs> there, was a lot of, there was a lot of girls in my year, but I don't think... What drama school did. did you go to? I was at the RSMD, although it changed the RCS yeah, this, yeah. Whilst, I, whilst I was there. So oh, was, really? Yeah. In the changeover? I was in the changeover, which I always found quite confusing. Because yeah. I was there for two years and it was RSMD and then it was RCS in my last year. So oh. I'm a bit like, I don't know where I belong. I can't remember. I think you're academy then. I, I feel, would, yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. I, I would feel you're academy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. Two years to one, definitely. Okay. Def- exactly. academy. I think so. Yeah. That outweighs it. <laughs> and when was so? When was that you graduated? I left twenty thirteen, so I'm nearly coming up for seven years. Oh my god! I know. That's okay. Possible. Fifteen. That's pretending I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I still think oh. I'm like can play teenagers. I'm like, why are you definitely can New Def was can play teenager. I did play teenager in a radio play the, the other week, which was so nice. I was like, oh, this is lovely. <laughs> and I remember I kept on getting a note being like. Just be a wee bit more bratty. Like, no, it wasn't bratty, that wasn't the word, but be a bit more... <coughs> teenager. Be a bit more <laughs> And I think I just naturally was listening too hard to everything. I mean, really understanding. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, no, I totally get why my mum would speak like that or say that. And then I sort of was like, oh, no, definitely when I was 17, I would never have given <laughs> like, her the space to no. talk that out. <laughs> yeah. No. I know. So that was, yeah, quite nice to hide behind yeah. a microphone. Oh, yeah. Um, you could definitely play a teenager. Oh, fingers God, crossed. Yeah. Maybe hold on to it for a couple more years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't even know where I, as we said, don't know where I am. Definitely, I'm definitely in young mum category. It is hard though, knowing. I suppose it just depends on what the part is. <coughs> it's also this thing, and I never know if it, and I would love to know if any of our male listeners want to tell me this, do they think about themselves as, because it always feels very much like this for women, you are the kind of young, sexy girl, yeah. the mum, and then we are into granny, or like just neutral mm, or neutral like just background like stuff uh-huh. like nurse three okay <laughs> nurse nurse three nurse three receptionist you know yeah 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 no I think that I think that's a really interesting question I, I, I actually I'm sure I have asked my male friends or actors yeah. that but I can't remember what their answers were but I, I definitely feel there's that bracket I don't think they do think about it the way that we do right. and I don't and I think that that is partly because their casting breakdowns are not the yeah. same as what ours are yeah yeah yeah. Um, I think what's interesting as well, like I, I turned 28, I turned 28 this year, and I think definitely the last couple of years, I've just got so much more aware of what comes through. Mm. And I don't know if that's my own insecurities that we were talking about earlier, or if that's a sort of pressure that you feel like, oh God, if you don't do X, Y, and Z before this time, does that mean you've missed out on that? And, yeah. you know, that's, I don't think, I don't know if that's something that is sort of about the other way around but I definitely think that we feel there's this sort of clock over what you're allowed and doing the week mm, yeah and the week what's that called the quotation marks years. quotation marks that like if we're allowed to, I had to do it to, to do remember it we're just like waving our hands around <laughs> doing this but yeah I don't know yeah it does feel like that sometimes or like yeah, I don't know you watch a film or you 
read a play and you go, oh, I'd love to play that part. And you go, I won't get to play that mm-hmm. if that doesn't come around as, as a show or as a thing in yeah. the next couple of years. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know, yeah, I'd be interested to know if that is something that's thought about vice versa. But my main thing is what I think will start happening soon is that I find it difficult when like, the love interest is always, still always 10 years younger. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Like, that's fine, of course. But it always feels like it shouldn't be the always, you know? Yeah. And it, that when it happens the other way around, it's part of it. It's like, a, it's like you know, if it's the woman that's 10 years older or something, that's like, that is that's, part of the story yeah. rather than just like something that's just part of life. Because, yeah. of course, that is part of life. Yeah. Like, people fall in love at all ages. But I think, I find that annoying that it's just the accepted normality. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. and I say I am um, so funny that you bring this up. So I was talking to my friend last week about this, and we were just talking about things that we've seen recently, mm-hmm. and we were just chatting about, you know, going and seeing stuff. So I'm in my late thirties, and I go and see stuff, and there's a friend that I've known for years mm-hmm. who's in his early forties, mm-hmm. and his love interest is twenty five. Yeah. And do you mean in the oh, work on the stage? On the stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like great performances all round but there's a part of me going well why can't the female be in her yeah mid-30s late-30s wanting to work or late-40s yeah Yeah. and I'm just so it's it's interesting and as you say when it's a female and it's the other way around there's definitely that thing of there's a nod to it isn't it in the production Uh of it being there's a reason for that rather than it just being and I'm not saying it shouldn't and by I say that by the way as somebody who's married to some a man who's 15 years older yeah, than me. Yeah, I say so, that as a yeah. woman whose partner's 10 and a half years older than yeah. me. Like, and, I'm, I'm, and so that's why I'm not wanting to, yeah, give yeah. it that brush of, like, that doesn't happen. Of course it does, but it has to be a good mix of it rather than it exactly. just always being it. Yeah. It just feels like that's just the given of you turn up and it's yeah. not, like, a kind of equal playing yeah. field in that sense. Because I think by doing that, we are ignoring a lot of our audience's stories and yeah. voices. yeah. And I think that's something that and we need to be careful about. Closing that potential for work for other people. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, like it's easy for me to say that right now, like being 28, it's like, yeah, I do get quite a lot of nice castings for mm-hmm. love interests and all that sort of stuff at the moment. But I'm very aware that in the next five years, because of what we've discussed, yeah. that could stop happening. Mm-hmm. And then those parts that you should be playing because you are the right age for yeah. it. You know, like I get breakdowns coming in now for like, I don't know, uh, 35 year old or like uh, early 30s which is fine I yeah. am closer to that than I am do you yeah, know what I mean? if I'm uh-huh. going to get seen for 23 year olds which are also five years younger than me I should also be seen for five years of course yeah. like that works both ways but I do think it's just something that as an industry we have to be a wee bit more aware of that you that this is people's livelihoods mm-hmm. and yeah like of course we all want the work like if that job came in I'd love to take it yeah but at the same time I have been thinking more and more, maybe because when you're younger, you don't really. You don't mm. go, yeah, great, I'll take that and that and that. <laughs> great, you're going to pay me for this, brilliant. You know? yeah. But I think as you get a wee bit older, you become more sensitive to that and more sensitive to your friends and more sensitive to other brilliant actresses. You're like, fuck, they'd be so good in that. Mm-hmm. Why are they not doing that? Yeah. You know, and it, yeah, but I think that I think that is something that is very prominent mm. but it's also I think being treated a little bit I do yeah, think there's I much so. more stuff on telly which is yes. like you know definitely falling not falling as uh, stereotypically into that category yeah yeah. so fingers crossed that is I mean end. we'll talk about my as like I mean literally if you listen to this podcast I mentioned Jane Fonda quite a lot oh, yeah. and Grace and Frankie yeah all the time I, I, yeah talk about it all the time and just we talked about it in the one before uh, New Year and we just said like you know how like five years ago would we have would we have got a show yeah. with two women in their eighties as right. the protagonists having love stories yeah. on our telly if it hadn't been for a streaming service like Netflix yeah because I don't think studios would have done it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that that's a positive in oh, the industry it's so good yeah like I think that that's a really good and the people are even talking about it and I think that I don't know the scene at all really in the states and I think that's the very separate way of looking mm. at things mm-hmm. so I can't really comment on that but I do definitely think that kind of Hollywood idea is what has inf- has um, oh. influenced a lot of how we choose yeah. to cast stuff here. Definitely. However, I think we're more sensitive and more aware of that because people are talking about it. Yeah. You know, with the whole Me Too movement, that's encompassed in that, isn't mm-hmm. it? And I think that that, yeah, I think that means that at least that dialogue's happening and yeah. I certainly think people are more sensitive to it. So 
Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed those those stories are being told because we want to see that. It's exactly. always more, more fun, isn't it? Or more interesting watching something that you can relate to. Mm, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, ideal part. Ooh, interesting question. I feel that sort of changes quite a lot for me. Great, good, I love it. I feel like I'd like to play like a spy. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to play well, a spy. because I would never be cast as that. Like, do oh, you know what I mean? Oh, I could totally, Did you see yeah. It? Well, I'm, a, I'm one, I'm te- in real life, I cannot tell a lie. Like, I can't. I get really red and flustered and a bit flappy, which I do okay. most of the time anyway, but, like, I really can't. Which is why I would really like to have scripted lies given to, mm-hmm. given to me where I can just own the words that yeah. somebody else has written. Yeah, you can be like, yeah, I am saying yeah. it. I am, so, that's fine. I mean, I know it's, it's a very general thing, but, like, yeah, I would like to do that or, like, a police officer. Something a bit, like, a bit physical, like, mm-hmm. that you get to kind of be a bit, like... I don't know, have a bit of fun with. Do you yeah. mean it's not our job or that we're never exposed to in mm-hmm. our day to day lives? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I used to think a lot about like play wise, what kind of role I'd love to play, and I don't know about that anymore actually. I used to always really want to play like Sonia and Uncle Vanya because I just I loved I love Chekhov plays, but I also kind of feel a bit like sometimes certain parts are given that kind of weight of oh you must play this and actually that doesn't necessarily make me happy Mm because if you don't get to play it does that mean that you failed does that mean that you didn't accomplish things you want to play and actually there's so many parts that you that you you know that are either unwritten yet Mm because it's a new play or that you've never heard of Mm -hmm. or that you hadn't seen it in a a, maybe they're a well-known part but you haven't really thought about it and then as soon as you're given the chance to play it you're like Oh, this is great and I would have mm. never thought about wanting to play that so it's tricky because yeah. yeah I don't know if there's a certain role that just makes me go oh god I'd love to play that part but I yeah can I just take each script funny. I'm in a funny place with lots of things I think partly it is doing persistent and nasty and like you know just being really aware of yeah <laughs> patriarchy <laughs> um and I look at stuff that I used to think when I was younger oh my god oh, I love that I would love to play that yeah and now as an older female I look at it and go like what? Like, what can you think? Um, of? Sorry, like, no, spot, no, no, not at all. Much. So, like, because um, I think I do. I agree with that. Like, even me just saying Sonia just then. Yeah. It's like I remember at drama school I played her, and I loved her, and I loved her sadness and her love. Mm-hmm. She just was so in love with mm-hmm. and, and selfless, and there was something like quite like I don't know. I just found it really engaging. I always yeah. thought her pieces, the, the writing was so beautiful. But now thinking about it, she's completely manipulated by a completely male-dominated world yeah. where her future is, you know, programmed and and planned out yeah. by what will happen or, like, if she doesn't marry... I mean, everything in those sorts of... Particularly that era of writing, like, yeah. it's very much about, like, if you marry X, Y and Z, that, that's your life. If you don't, you know. So mm-hmm. I think that that, in a way, is quite boring now. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that isn't something that I would be that interested in telling. Yeah. However, maybe there's a way of using that older story and commenting on that and to change it yeah Yeah. or to yeah to change it to to play it straight and be like how do we feel has anything changed like what you were talking about earlier so yeah i think that this part of me that like pulls away from those older kind of more traditional parts but i also think like what you were saying there's so much in in that that is still so real Mm -hmm. and that actually by pulling away from it or not committing to it or not playing those things is that pretending that it's not happening mm. is that saying oh yeah we've moved on so much that that's not worth talking about yeah. now when actually it kind of is and yeah. is that inter- maybe that's interesting as well I don't know yeah I think um, so there's like play dates that are held up for great you know esteem and all of that and um, I think it, like so Seagull I absolutely love Seagull yeah. I saw it when I was 15 at the Theatre Royal and I was like Oh my yeah. god! I saw. I think when I was in drama school, yeah, as well. and just like the headlong version. Total. Oh, the, oh, it was god, great, wasn't it? I love the headlong version. So good. A lot of people don't like it. I loved it. Me too. I find it. I find them. I, find, I think it's really exciting. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where you can you see the mundane. Like that's the wrong word. Mundanity. Mund, mundane. Mundane. <laughs> the mundaneness. The Yes, of life. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, there we go. Yeah, there we go. We got there. But yeah, like I think that. I really enjoyed that about mm-hmm. getting the feel of all these different characters. I think it's written so well that space is given to the characters in those plays where they're allowed to just exist and yeah. you get to know them as sort of individuals existing before yeah. their plight and whatever kind of comes to the surface. It's not always said on the line. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting to watch. It's quite film, quite filmic. And mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, I'm sorry. I was I was the same as you. I was I was loved the I love that. The and I remember going to see it and I. The girl that was playing Nina was not a stick. 
She was yeah. absolutely beautiful. She, um, I mean, she was probably a size 10, mm-hmm. 12 a push. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, oh my God. I remember yeah. looking at her and going, oh, this is the first time I've seen somebody on stage in yeah. quite a while that is representative of more oh, women oh. than not. Yeah. Um, and I thought she was brilliant, the actress yeah. that played Nina. Um, but um, it's a, oh, what's the mum's name? Or Oh, my God, I've forgotten as well. It's a Russian-sounding name. Uh, Arkadina. Yeah. Um, So when I was 15, totally, like, I was like, I always... Yeah, I know. I always want to go for the older women. Always have done. Um, But when I think about it, she... Again, her whole decision-making is about what society wants. Yeah. Yeah, I think all those... I think all those plays are, actually. Yeah. And it's so... That was part of culture then. That yeah. was part of life. That And that is that is what it was like. Yeah. <laughs> and is still in many places. But yeah. no, I think that's a really good... That's a really good um, question to just be sort of aware of, I think, as well. I think as well, something that I think is interesting, and I don't know if you feel like that, but I always feel like when we watch films or when we watch theatre, often what is said is, you know, you come off or you, you see somebody and you go, God, I loved what you were wearing or I loved what you looked like mm. or she was beautiful in that or like, you know... And I think that it would be... I think it's often happening, and again, I'm being a bit general, but it would be really nice. It was like that, and it's not the first thing that yeah. I think happens, and I don't think that happens in the same way to guys. You go, no. God, he was great in that. That was such a good scene. Mm-hmm. He was perfect in that part. Mm-hmm. And the visuals don't come into it. I mean, I think maybe they do more now, because like, there's yeah, a lot I think of pressure so. on young men. I think so too, and yeah. I think I that it would be naive to not comment on that because no, I think I, I do think there's a lot of pressure for everybody yeah in especially in this industry to look and seem a certain way but I think naturally people are more inclined to comment on the appearance of a woman or, or before they, they'll comment before on before they comment on a guy time, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah before they comment on what they've seen yeah in front of them yeah yeah and I, you're absolutely right and the reason I remember that moment of being in the theatre with that girl was because it wasn't yeah. the norm yeah yeah um but she was brilliant. I yeah. thought, she, like, her performance was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and it's so... I actually went up to her in the bar afterwards. I've got... I should say that's yeah, quite brave. I know, Even I know. Even though I'm an actor, I still find that unless I know them, I always get a wee bit like, oh, shall I? And I just went really up and nice. I, yeah, I just went up and I was just like... Well, I was saying this to Shauna as well, because um, when I did this pod- the podcast with her, uh, I'd just been in London. Mm-hmm. And I've started just doing this thing that if I see somebody looking amazing or I like what they're, yeah. they've done or something, I'm just going to tell them. Yeah. Because we all need a wee lift. I think we do. And also you never know what is going on in that person's mind. Yeah. Even if it's somebody who on the outside seems very successful, mm-hmm. you just never know what that person's insecurity is. And I, I certainly have like loved it when somebody, yeah. even when somebody goes, oh, we were talking about you in the bar the other night. And you know, hopefully you go, was it something nice? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it was. And when somebody says that, honestly... It, it really does just give you that little sense of, like, I don't know, like it's just self-worth. Nice. It's yeah. just nice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I had seen this woman on the tube, and obviously you're in London, and it's, like, people staring at you in the tube. It's yeah. just weird. I love but staring at people yeah, in tubes in London. But it's fascinating, though. I love it. I forget that they can see them staring, yeah. but I do love it. But this woman's look, her just her whole look, everything she had on, just her whole vibe and her energy she was giving off, I was like, yeah cool yeah and I kept thinking well I say well I tell her that she looks amazing I really like what she's wearing well I will I know well I know and then I was like oh I'm getting off and I'm like fuck it and I just stood up and I was like by the way you look fabulous love your vibe and she kind of went oh, oh thanks, thanks. Oh, and then I got better, off <laughs> and I just was like I need we need to do that more yeah I think there's so much going on I mean that's a whole other podcast isn't it but yeah. there's so much going on in the world right now that's so depressing oh my god I think any kind of sense of connection I think as well like I've felt that since I used to live down in London and I love I love London I really do and I miss it a lot and I've got some brilliant friends down there but I've loved kind of immersing myself properly in the community up here Mm -hmm. and I think that we're so lucky to have there it does feel like a sense of community and a sense of care and I think that we're losing that in society again that's another podcast but but I think think it's really important and I think in the arts especially because we're all freelance Mm -hmm. and when you're in that bubble you know when you're doing a show or you're doing a job and you're around people every day and you're kind of coming in and out and it it does become your life Mm -hmm. you know you feel safe you feel supported and then as soon as that happens it stops and yeah. you're on your own again and yeah. of course you've got your network or if you're lucky enough to have a partner or really yeah. good friends that you know of course they're there 
to help with that security. But I do think as freelancers, we have this polar opposite of highs and lows. Mm-hmm. And I think that to be able to kind of have a community and construct a community of a, of a support network, I think is really important. And I think in this society in general, whether you're a performer or you're in the arts or not, like I think we're all people and I think yeah. that we all need to look out for each other a little bit more than yeah. maybe we're programmed to it feels a bit like we're all kind of in our own little bubbles and yeah you know, looking after ourselves which you also have to do sometimes yeah absolutely self-care know? of course it's very important yeah it's very important but yeah and what's interesting isn't it like I think that we are being more um open about mm-hmm. our mental health but yeah. there definitely is a I think there's still a bit of a fear especially in our industry yeah, yeah. like to talk too much about your mental health yeah, yeah, in uh, case you don't get employed. Right, okay, yeah. Because um, I sometimes wonder, although I do think there is a change, like yeah. we're saying, but there's that thing of, oh, if somebody's having a bad time, will they? Oh, and I it kind of feels just. That. Yeah, maybe that's, yeah. that's true. Probably is true. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting because actually I think if you spoke to anybody and they were to answer honestly, they'd all probably say they'd have had periods in this, it, particularly in this industry, again, I can't talk for other industries because I've not worked in them, but particularly in this one where you do have the ups and downs mm-hmm. because there's so much rejection, there's so much time between work. There's yeah, time, the unknown. The unknown, yeah, yeah, exactly, the unknown. And actually by talking, I'm not saying that cures everything, but I do think that by knowing you're not alone in that or that it's quite normal to have a mm-hmm. couple of days or times here and there where you just feel a bit lost or yeah. a bit down or a bit at a loose end, by knowing other people have gone through that or are going through that gives you a sense of, again, community mm-hmm. or a sense of, like, belonging, I suppose, yeah. or that it's not unusual. And yeah. I think even just knowing that can help in many ways. Absolutely. Or you do things like we're doing this now. We've yeah. had the afternoon free. You get together, you have a chat, and yeah. you have a connection. And yeah. I think that's... Yeah, that, help, that helps. It totally it? does help, and it's really important. And um, it's not just whether it's... whether you're female or not. No, no. Um, it's really important just for us all to take... Mm-hmm care of each other yeah as you say the world is pretty shitty yeah and to talk about like yeah again whether you're female or male but obviously we're two women and it's like it's interesting just speaking about the insecurities or the things that we find difficult Mm. being two women Mm. in this industry and then yeah of course branch out and chat to your male friends so that everybody gets their voice but when you go i experience this and this is what i'm experiencing as a woman in this have you ever felt that yeah by somebody going god yeah me too actually then you can actually do something about it or talk about it or go, yeah, that's pretty shit. What Mm -hmm. can we do to change that? Or actually that we can't change, but how can we make it easier, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, But yeah, that all has to stem from talking, doesn't it? It it absolutely does. And I do think there is, there seems to be a kind of shift up here anyway, which I'm really proud of, Mm -hmm. of Scotland, of that, you know, when things have been maybe awkward in a rehearsal room, right. it's get starting. People are starting to approach to it, approach it to talk about to it, to talk yeah. about it, and you know things are getting brought up that maybe years ago wouldn't wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. I think as well, like everybody deals with that sort of stuff differently, but I feel much safer to be able to discuss it mm-hmm. at source in the yeah. room. Yeah, because I think often there's a tendency, isn't there? I mean, it just depends what it is, but there's a tendency to go away or like to come back at it at another time. And I think the most important thing is to speak about it then and there yeah because like with anything whether that's a relationship or a friendship you know out with work (coughs) you talk about it directly and Mm -hmm. go to the root of the problem even if it's really scary you're more likely to get it solved absolutely but that's very much easier said than done it depends on what it is you're wanting Mm -hmm. to speak about but i think as much as possible if you can just come in and just have that know so that you've got the support of your company and the group you're working with behind you yeah, hopefully that'll mean that. Yeah, like I think um, equity, safe space. Yeah, is great. Yeah, that's coming this year, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah, that's really yeah. good. And I think um, it should be getting read out at the start of every rehearsal. Yeah. I think it is. Period, it is, isn't it? Now? Yeah, yeah, it should be so. Yeah. Which is great. Just yeah. a reminder that everybody should feel safe. Yeah, wherever you're. Wherever working. you are, and again, I get uh, that's whatever industry, and not just in our industry that goes kind of for everything yeah what challenges do you find being a female that's interesting it's quite a big question no, i realize i'm just going to at you no i think a lot of what we've already spoken about i think that mm, making sure that you have your voice heard that you're taken seriously mm-hmm. 
Um, I do think that happens a lot more, and so I can't think of particular incidents. I but agree. I, I do think sometimes, and again, that maybe comes from ourselves because of what's what we've how we've grown up, and I think because that's changing, mm-hmm. hopefully, mm-hmm. that will affect the younger generation because yeah. they are questioned in a different way. But we maybe didn't grow up with that mm-hmm. in a way where your voice is given as much credibility mm-hmm. or isn't laughed at. And I think just naturally, I think as a person, I could often put myself down or like underplay something. And actually, I'm I'm giving myself a wee check to go, who's who's making you do that? Nobody. You're doing that yourself. Mm-hmm. You're the one that's laughing at yourself. Nobody in this room is. You're the one who's going, well, that's not really a valid idea. Nobody, again, isn't accepting that as a valid idea. If you were then to present it and it wasn't accepted, then that's a different yeah. question. But I think that... I think that that's something that I'm finding. I find often a challenge as a as a woman is going. Is that idea good enough, or was that? Can I do that? Good enough. It's such a. I know. Such a phrase, right? I know. Is that no way? That's not good enough. Is that thing? Is yeah. It? No, no, no. It's silly. I think that's what I often say. Oh no, it's just silly. It's just a silly. Or you know, before you say something, I quite often go, oh, it probably it's probably stupid anyway, or it probably doesn't make any sense. And I and I'm really trying to catch myself mm-hmm. doing that because of course every time I say that. You know, male or female, whoever's in the room is always going, just say it. Yeah. And you go, they've not made me do that, but that's something I've got to work on as my uh, as myself. Mm-hmm. Maybe that stems from school or whatever, I don't know. But to just come out with a question or a thought or an mm-hmm. idea and just own that space is something I sometimes still find quite difficult. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's always necessarily because of an environment I'm in or yeah. because of something that I'm imposing on mm-hmm. that environment or not owning for my own, from you know, my, yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Scared to be wrong as well. Oh, God, it? scared yeah. to be wrong, scared to seem s- stupid. stupid. <laughs> that comes from school, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely. And I think as well, like, you know, the pressures that we have on our bodies and all of that mm. sort of stuff, like if you have children. So, yeah, I just like that the is whole interesting. thing. It is. And that is an interesting thing to speak to women about that maybe have... or I mean, yeah, it's certainly something I think about. It's mm-hmm. like if you were to have children, how will that affect your career? And I yeah. don't know if guys think that. They probably do, I'm sure. I don't mean in terms of affect your career in terms of like life or finances I mean isn't like your actual physical body yeah in a way yeah. that of course it's going to change yeah. and I think that's something that we feel a lot of pressure like yeah. we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier but that's like an even bigger yeah. thing um, so yeah it's a bigger question I'm women. sure guys probably do but I think no matter what societally is that, is that even a word? socially? Yeah. socially in our society yeah in our society it's more that the woman is still expected to be the caretaker yeah. and the caregiver of the child. Mm-hmm. So I guess for us as performers, that decision, or not, because some people, yeah. it just you know, it just happens for them. Yeah. Um, but to have a child, yeah. there is a big shift for you. And I really think that that is changing a bit. I really hope it? so, I think, yeah. I think it is. I've heard, I, had, I can't remember who it was, one of my friends was talking about, like, apparently now they're doing, like, crashes on sets and stuff. So this is the crash bus that they're right. talking yes, about. Yeah, really yeah, good, yeah, which it? is great. But this is so, um, oh, no. I'm going to have to find the name of the company and I feel really bad because they're really, really good. Uh, and they do loads of stuff for um, parents. They have obviously, they've been pushing for this for quite a while, especially yeah. on sets because sets is... Because the times are so tricky, you know, you yeah. could be filming till five in the morning. Yeah. Um, and what happens if you're breastfeeding? Yeah, that's really difficult. Actually, and that kind of, on the job we were speaking about earlier, the two-hander one that I did, the woman who was playing opposite me was breastfeeding during that. And actually the theatre was really supportive of that. Great. And, you know, I think it's a really big undertaking, but it's also like, it is our livelihood. Yeah. And, you know, you need to feel like you're still accepted into the community in whatever capacity capacity that is like you want to feel like you know allowances are being made to make your job possible yeah and I think that was really I'd never I'd never come across that because like I don't have children that's Mm -hmm. not something that at the moment I have in my life but I I was really aware of that on that job because it was a two-hander and Mm -hmm. it was so it was so instantly happening to somebody that I was growing close to Mm -hmm. on that piece of work as well that I think seeing how a theatre can help helps with that that was the first time I'd seen that yeah and I think that's quite exciting because you kind of go okay hopefully we're stepping into this 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 next chapter where whatever is happening in your life whether that is something to do with your own health or whether that's to do with um, a a child that you are looking after that is also your responsibility that you can still do your job also you might be a carer for a parent well that's what I was meaning yeah Yeah, like for your own health or somebody else's health or a partner like you just don't know what's 
you just don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. in your life. And I think, I do think that's something that's being spoken about a lot more in our industry and I hope is something that people are thinking more of because, you know, like with any job, this is what we've we've trained in, that we've worked in, that we've, you know, committed our lives to, like yeah. any other trade or yeah. profession. And but, but it also means it, it takes your whole being. It's not mm-hmm. something you can always do from home. It's something that you've got to do on the job or be on set or be on stage. Yeah. So, yeah, I think hopefully that's something that's changing. But I think it's something we as women definitely are always aware of and thinking yeah. of, aren't we? Absolutely. Um, we and I think if we continue to make, as you say, our voices be heard, because yeah. you mentioned that, but also with our male allies that they help yeah, with that because totally. actually it can't always just be coming from us of course and i think that i think that they that they would want to help yeah. with that as well I and that they so would too. want to be a part of that movement because it affects all of us isn't Absolutely. It? it's family it's friends it's uh, yeah i find it exciting because i think what are we opening up yeah. to when we help each other like yeah. we might be getting to see performers that we might necessarily yeah. not be seeing and yeah. that's exciting yeah and, really and exciting. seeing them at a different time in their life yeah. as well which i think also feeds into everything right like yeah. the way you vision the way you address work is different Changes. with your life experiences yeah. whatever they are exactly yeah but i think again it's about talking about it and, a- and asking for it but mm. then as you said having the support from everybody yeah. to make that yeah. happen and that's it and i think i do think we are working towards that and i do think that actually the main i feel in our industry especially the main kind of my age, younger, yeah. are very supportive. I do too. I really do. And they're much more aware, actually, yeah. about other stuff that might mm-hmm. be going on and are really kind. Yeah. And I think often, often I've been in companies where maybe there wasn't any other women. And, like, you've, and you know, even when there is women, sometimes yeah. you make really good relationships with a guy. And, like, that's who yeah. you go and you say, I'm finding this difficult. And I'd say almost all the time they've been incredibly supportive. Mm-hmm. And once you raise the concern or the problem or the thought or the mm-hmm. worry or whatever... They're on your team to yeah. help fix it, but it, it has to come from all of us to ask the questions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to ask you because we ask everybody. Oh, okay. Um. So, persistent and nasty, obviously, mm-hmm. is what we're called. Uh, so if you don't know why we're called that, really quickly. Nevertheless, she persisted. The Elizabeth Warren thing, political, and then um during the 2016 campaign. Trump called Hillary a nasty woman during a debate. Yeah, of course. She yes. dared to give him actual facts. Yeah. So then there was a whole Twitter thing about, well, if she's a nasty woman, hashtag I'm a nasty woman. So it was all just yes. these women giving actual facts. Yeah. So that's why we decided to go with that. So what we ask is, what does being persistent and nasty mean to you, Jess? Oh, I like that. I think sticking with what you believe in and not being swayed from that love it i think yeah do you know what's fascinating is we've asked now so many women so over 40 women now yeah. we've asked that question and they are all different but all coming from the oh, same really? part, part so which is just like but i think to add on to that also being open to things that might make your belief stronger mm. do you know what i mean because mm-hmm. sometimes if you go this is what i think i want to happen or whatever and you stick on that track and then somebody comes up with something else you go i hadn't thought of it from that mm-hmm. angle and actually now that i've thought of it from that angle that can make that belief happen yeah in a better way yeah. so i think ha- holding on to what you want and what yeah. you believe in and what you want to make possible. so jess has just thought about something when we were just we're just re-talking about our podcast because you know that's what us actors do and jess was just we were talking about what she said about bringing something up at source and she's got a great example yeah. of that so we're just going to share it with you guys yeah, we were just sharing and i was like oh god i wish i'd said that but i had there was a moment in tech with the, the 200 that i was doing just before christmas and um Basically, it was just really, really fraught. Tech can always be a oh, bit I'll fraught. Always a bit fraught. And there was a moment of miscommunication where I, could, I, I needed to do an action of lighting a candle, lighting a match. And we weren't, it wasn't ever happening on time. And it was getting me more and more stressed out. And because it wasn't, it wasn't happening on time, that sort of ruined the end of the play. <laughs> so there was this enormous pressure to like not fuck up the match lighting. <laughs> And, I, and I'm usually all right. I'm quite calm with things. But I think just around that time, it was just, it was the end of the show. It was really nervous. It was all of that stuff. And um, so we were trying to find a word then to make it easier for this cue to, to light this match. And this match lighting happened over a big, long monologue, a beautiful monologue that the other actress was doing on stage with loads of textures of this sort of emotional climax of the show. And 
I was fucking up because I wasn't late in my match on time. So I was getting really stressed out about that. So the director was trying to give me a cue to do it to do it on. And I think it was on something which she said fuck quite a lot during the monologue. And he he he'd said do it on one of the one of those. And I was getting more and more stressed out because I was like, which one? She says it so many times. And he was like, oh, I don't know, uh, the fifth one. I was like, I can't count them. Like, I'm, I can't always hear them because obviously it's said at different levels mm-hmm. every night. Mm-hmm. I'm quite far away. I was getting more and more stressed out. And I said something as a really offhand comment and went, oh, just, if you could just please just tell me which one to say on because it all sounds the same. And I'd forgotten I'd said that because what I meant was there's many times that actress says that word, not it all sounds the same because she delivers it the same, which was so not the case. Um, and then we worked out I thought it was all fine fine and I just noticed that there was a slight tension or something in the room because it was a two-hander I was just aware like maybe and I thought oh maybe she's just a bit nervous or I don't know something else was going on so you sort of forgive it I was aware of it and then after we'd had quite a good run of a dress or whatever it was and we were having a bit of banter and sort of things had sort of thawed a little bit and she had a conversation with her husband where she'd spoken to him about this incident and he'd said, you should really speak to the other actress. And she just came out with it and she went, Jess, I just wanted to say, you know when you said it all sounds the same, what do you mean by that? And like, I, I was just saying to you, like, m- the colour like drained from my face because I suddenly heard it from how she'd heard it, where she thought, God, this actress thinks that I'm shit and that everything I'm saying sounds the same. Mm-hmm. And then, I, of course, when she saw that, I got quite upset and I was quite like, oh my God, that's so not what I meant. Like, that bit is beautiful. I just take that for granted because you do it so well every night. I was stressed about my own thing and I just meant, you know, all the words are similar at that particular yeah. moment. And I'm so glad that she tackled that at source because because she just came to me, which must have been quite scary for her because she was effectively saying, I feel insecure about this mm-hmm. and do you think mm-hmm. I'm terrible? Mm-hmm. Which is not an easy thing which to is always not, ask, Oh my is God, it? no. And, you know, and I'm, oh my God, I'll never forget that. It just was so, it was, and I think as soon as she said it, I think she also realised that, like, she was, oh my God, of course you don't think that. Yeah. But I think the Because she could see in your face. She could see it yeah. in your face. And I think that, and then of course we all just had a good old laugh about it and I was like God I'm so sorry you know what it's like in tech and I was stressed and she was like now I see it she was like now also she'd been sitting in that chair worrying about her own performance and as soon as she's heard it from my point of view she's like oh my God of course you were worried about when you were meant to like that match because it does all sound the same at that point like yeah. and you were stressed out for yeah. messing up the rest of the show for yeah. us so that's what I mean by speaking about things at, at source and even though it's really scary she taught me a really good lesson in that and I think I really want to try and take that on into other work because we're all really sensitive. Mm-hmm. I think we're all really sensitive. What we do is really sensitive yeah. and exposing. And I think we forget about what the other people around us might be going through yeah. or what their train of thought might be. And yeah. I think that that, I'm so glad she said that because the month of that show could have carried on and then she might have thought every wee little thing mm-hmm. I did meant something I actually didn't, didn't because yeah. she'd misunderstood that situation. And yeah, I think that's what I'm and it's really, what we're talking about. I think that's great and just being really open. Yeah. Just be really open. And it also makes you... It then, actually, from that moment on, because I think that was addressed before we started and we were quite nervous, and actually, because she did that, it weirdly brought us much closer because mm-hmm. we suddenly both talked about what our own insecurities were on that yeah. particular job or in that particular moment, and then we were more aware of looking out for each other yeah. for those things or having each other's backs if yeah. conversations were coming up or if there was miscommunication. And I think that it made our performances better. Mm-hmm. It made you believe the relationship better yeah. between those two women. And also just meant it was more fun in the dressing yeah, room yeah. because there was no, like... Because there's no Misunderstanding yeah. or tension. Absolutely. And, and I'm not... We were saying that earlier, I'm not a very confrontational person. So I don't know if I'd have had the balls to go, is something wrong? Because I feel there's a bit of tension here. Mm-hmm. And I really think that in the future, I really want to do that. Because I thought that was and really that brave of her. It's really scary. So you know, well done because male that or is, female. Yeah. Like we were two women in a show. Like, that's, you know... Gender, yeah, it doesn't matter. Instance was irrelevant. But yeah. yeah. I think talking about it and asking and just checking in and then dealing with it allows you to move on and be a bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And as always, stay nasty. <laughs> 